0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Real-Time Enterprise channel on Vantic TV, our video and podcast series of interviews with thought leaders and practitioners in digital transformation and the real-time enterprise. My name is Blaine Matthew and I'm Chief Marketing and Product Officer at Vantic. Note that you can reach either myself or the guest by sending a note to realtime at and we will be more than happy to follow up. <laughs> Those watching the video can see we are doing another live episode after finishing our attendance at Supply Chain Insights Live Europe 2019 in Dusseldorf, Germany, where leaders from around Europe were learning how to drive the true digital transformation of their supply chain operations. And joining me today is Johannes Schmitz-Lenders, CEO and co-founder of Parks IT Consulting in Germany. Johannes, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for joining us
1: here in Mainz today. It's nice to have you here. Absolutely,
0: yes. it's, it's fantastic to be here. So obviously, Johannes, we've uh, spoken a lot over the last few days, especially being part of this supply chain event. I've heard a little bit about your story. Why don't you tell our listeners the story of, of uh, yourself and how you founded Parks IT?
1: Yes, I'm uh, in IT for a very long time. I started uh, with uh, software development, computer science, and software architecture for for many many years so even at school i started we did a little program on actually on apple 2 computer
0: oh yes yes i uh, also started my career on the on the apple II computer so okay. i think we are probably the same age <laughs> <laughs> i think so <laughs> okay yep so that was f- a, f- a forecast
1: actually a real-time forecast for a local election so that was very hmm. funny and in the end uh, we uh, it was not really successful. I mean, the the forecast was good, but we could not get out the results because the printer uh, was too slow. So th- <laughs> we had to distribute <laughs> results through printouts, and uh, the printer was a, a matrix printer. Yeah, a dot matrix very, printer. Very very slow. So oh my goodness! <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. the early days. And after university, I started uh, with two uh, colleagues. Uh, our company, Parks IT Consulting, and we. We wanted to do IT projects and so we started this consultancy and got initial contracts and the company then started and grew.
0: Yes. Hmm. What um, kind of technology were you using back when you started Parks IT? Actually
1: um, which is of course interesting for Ventec, it's a, it was software from the same people which are doing Ventec today, So, uh. which was uh, a development environment for T. Forte Software. Forte Software, mm. yes, mm. and I used it at university and later on we we started projects in industry, even uh, very close together with Forte Software in Germany. Mm. So we did some mutual fund management system, then early on some customer database for an airline, so pretty big, big systems, and mm. it was a distributed environment and based on a 4GL, so... Even at that time, the, you had some proprietary technologies, and but was uh, very
0: interesting mm-hmm. times. Yes. And what was yes. the secret of 4GL? Was it the ability to write more rapidly build applications versus writing at very low level languages? Or for listeners that maybe don't remember mm-hmm. the advent of 4GL? Well, you,
1: you, that was a time when you had these object oriented languages, C plus plus and Java coming up, and. Um, but it was still very difficult to do full-fledged mm. applications with front-end and back-end and make it stable and scalable. And you had all this in this platform. So y- you you it was a rapid application development. It was the red tools at this time. Mm-hmm. And companies were using, sometimes were using red tools for GL tools. There were a number of products at this time in the market. Yes. Mm. Hmm. And um, well, we ended up with Forte and yeah. did a
0: couple of projects with it. Yes. Yeah. And what, was, uh, what do you recall was Forte very good at? What, what, what was the platform especially good at? So uh, I would think um, when you were developing,
1: it was an interpreted environment, so you could test quickly. Hmm. You had very short uh, cycles, development cycles. You didn't have to wait to compile the application and come back two hours later. What is interesting is uh, it had a compile mode. So Hmm. you could compile all code to C++. Ah, Interesting. I think nobody used it. (laughs) Because the, let's say, virtual machine uh, was already fast enough for most things. Hmm. So uh, you didn't need to compile it all
0: to C plus Interesting. Yes, I think Forte was also quite famous for enabling distributed computing back uh, back in the early days. Is that is that true? Yeah,
1: they they had something called service objects. I remember, which uh, was uh, let's say uh, some automation which you today have with uh, similar with microservices. Um, but mm. it was in, in the end, most applications, many applications are not as distributed as today. You need to have a cluster in your data center, which needs to be uh, safe for failover situations and scalable. Uh, so you have distribution, but inside a cluster
0: usually, but not distribution in the, in the field. Right, which right. Which has come more and more these days. Right, yes. right. Mm-hmm. So fundamentally, many of the elements of application development and deployment that began with Forte have been incorporated into what we see with Vantic now. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, what what excites you about what's going on in the intersection of business and technology these mm-hmm. days? What uh, what keeps you interested in being part of this of this industry?
1: Yeah. I thought. Uh, at some time, companies must be ready with all this IT stuff. Uh, but I thought this ten years ago. So people mm. create very interesting systems, like managing the signs on meeting rooms or stuff. So you think this is now they must be done. Yeah. But still, yeah. it's going on. You get new technologies, new ideas. It never stops. It's really impressive, and uh, hmm. you always get exciting new stuff. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's always getting easier. And um, so if you take uh, environments like in DevOps, like Kubernetes, for example, everybody's using Kubernetes these days. So which, make which makes it much easier to, to run uh, scalable distributed systems in, in the cloud or in your own mm-hmm. data center. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you
0: always get interesting new progress in the field, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Is there anything specific about the German market, do you think, as far as uh, implementing technology or implementing solutions for digital transformation? Do the German uh, business executives think about it uh, maybe a little differently? I don't see big differences. Maybe um,
1: companies are looking at technologies a little bit more careful than Mm. doing instantly what is interesting. So they, they have longer cycles to decide for a technology, which is very difficult these days because you have all these open source software, you have platforms, more and more platforms, not only uh, cloud platforms for infrastructure, but also yep. application platforms. And it's very difficult to understand which will survive, which will be easy to use, will it be the right one for my purpose? So people gain experience, but I think they slow it down a little bit Hmm. because the risks
0: are high if you choose the wrong platforms for your projects. Do your clients Hmm. pay close attention to what platform you're developing your solutions on as a systems integrator, or do they just want the solution? Do they just want the answer to the problem and they're not too concerned about what is behind the solution?
1: Um, No, they always, Want to know how it works and uh, how uh, usually they have their own strategy. So maybe they have their own open source strategy, or uh, as you very often you have the IT department, the business departments, uh, the business department chooses some technologies they like, often from looking at fr- it from outside. Right. And the um, IT department wants to endure uh, uh, safe operations.
0: So um, Yes. Do you find so, yourself in the middle of the business and the IT side sometimes, trying sometimes to broker between them? For sure. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So we are working a lot of on requirements engineering as well, writing specifications for for w- what should be done. So many people of us are not in implementation anymore, uh, because that's probably a task which needs a lot of experience. So we have some very experienced consultants who understand the technology side mm. and the uh, business side. Mm-hmm. Specifically, if you are in industries like telecommunications, it's very specific knowledge you
0: need to have, for example. Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. interesting. So everybody's talking about digital digital transformation constantly, given your experience working with clients, what, what does digital transformation mean to you?
1: Um,
0: it's nothing new. <laughs> It's just a, a word, I don't know why
1: people have chosen this terminology, yeah. because it exists for all my career. People are transforming their business using digital technologies, of course, you have new technologies. Uh, actually we did a project with uh, neural networks some 15 years ago, hmm. maybe we were too early, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so it yeah. did not really yeah. work out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But those technologies are becoming more mainstream and then you have mobile phones devices the iot stuff
0: so um, Mm -hmm. yes now germany Mm -hmm. is known as being at the leading edge of industrial iot and industry 4.0 and many of these things that have almost become buzzwords again around the world germany is seen as the leader yes specifically in industry industry 4.0 we have some
1: strong communities here in the industry, and, and mm-hmm. the the government is, of course, uh, helping the companies to, to get the strength, to put the strengths of these industries forward. I mean, in the yeah. automobile industry, in the automotive, sure, uh, the market is changing. So uh, the big manufacturers in Germany, they have to look how they
0: can move mm. on in this market. Mm. Yes. Are these initiatives mm. being driven more by the IT side or more from the business side? Would you say the reason mm-hmm. I ask is in, in many in many countries in many organizations, uh, the business side wants to push for transformation, push to change the business in a fundamental way, and the IT side is more you know well, slow down, more concerned about security. But I what I wonder if uh, maybe with these even government led pushes toward Industry 4.0 and Internet of Things. Mm -hmm. Maybe IT is moving more quickly here than in some other countries. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's a very busy place to be
1: in IT. So, of course, business wants to move forward. Uh, they, They all know about IT, what you can do with it. O- including all these new technologies like artificial intelligence, IoT, they all read about it. It's mainstream information you get from the press as well. So, but the IT departments, uh, of course, also want to do it. So there's sometimes a little bit competition inside the companies so who is the driver of it mm-hmm. because, of course, IT doesn't want to let it to the business. Yeah. And uh, so what I see is, for example, you see digital centers or digital hubs inside companies and you have, s- and you have them in, in IT and in
0: business. Hmm. So hmm. very hmm. interesting. So, Do you find your entry into most of your customers is through the IT side or through the business side? Usually through IT. Really? Yes, so hmm. far. Uh, because
1: uh, we, we are IT consultants. It's in our company name as well. <laughs> so usually we work with the IT departments, yes. Ah. But that, uh, what we see now, uh, it's a little bit changing as well, yes. Mm-hmm. So we, we become better to provide solutions and not uh, uh, just help them in the projects to make them successful.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the discussion about yes, digital change. transformation, again, revolves around uh, not just technology, but about the agility of the business, how fast they can move, maybe how fast they can they can implement technology. But we were discussing yesterday, you feel it's not just about how quickly you can build applications, but also about the delivery and, and management. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yes. So what I see is with
1: all these uh, DevOps technologies, uh, IT people like to have these technologies play around with it, build solutions themselves. But that is for, for enterprises, that's a lot of work. So you have these DevOps engineers mm-hmm. and the tools are really complex. And uh, it's very often you only have not one tool, you have a tool chain. Right. So the complexity right. even is much, much higher and you need many, many expert people for building such tool chains and automated processes and software production. Yes, and I think that's um, maybe um, people in in enterprises went away more and more to the cloud, away from data centers, Hmm. because it's not the core business to have a data center. Yeah. So I think it shouldn't be the core business of many companies to build integration or, or, uh, software development tool chains, because that is something the product providers can give you as a product. The platform. The providers, platform providers. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting.
1: So I, I would call it low DevOps. What
0: you w- want to need. Hmm. What you low DevOps. Lower DevOps. Yes. Hmm. Because sort of the companion if, if to low it. code development. Low code yes. development, and then low DevOps on the DevOps side. Exactly. So there hmm. is this low code uh, term
1: which expresses that you are more efficient in development, but you should also be more efficient in, uh, op in, in uh, roll out DevOps operations, uh, build management, hmm. environment management. So that are processes which can be automated and uh, sooner or later you will be able to buy it as a commodity. So hmm. it's not something which is specific for, Let's say a telecommunications company, or a train, or an airline company,
0: or anything like that. Yes. And then DevOps won't have mm. to be run by a team of specialized gurus who understand all these pieces of the DevOps chain. You have one system that's easier for people yes. to use, yes, yeah, for sure, and more agile. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, yeah. after this interview, I'm gonna do a Google search for low DevOps to see <laughs> if you did invent that term because uh, yeah, I, I th- think it's a great idea mm-hmm. actually, very powerful mm-hmm. idea because there's no use having, you know, low code rapid application development on the one hand, but then very complex uh, management, you know, uh, deployment and management on the other hand. Yes, I think that's a uh, part of this PAAS platform as a service. So you uh,
1: the trend is going from infrastructure as a service to platform as a service and that covers the whole uh, life cycle of the application so from development even sometimes from requirements engineering Mm. through deployment through operations so you get the whole uh, uh, life cycle as a platform yeah Yes, and not only that, you you need to g-
0: move your stuff to AWS or, or Google Cloud or whatever because they have virtual machines. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're also not locked into any one of those uh, infrastructure platforms, AWS, Azure, Orange Cloud. It doesn't really matter because you can you can move your application platform anywhere theoretically.
1: But For sure, that is true. Um, So for many companies, it's important to choose which cloud because of data regulations and all these uh, of laws and policies inside the company. So you need some flexibility here, but of course you need some, uh, you have to be careful to choose which provider for the platform you want to take because Mm
0: -hmm. maybe there you get some login. Yeah, of course. <laughs> now are you truly seeing clients, or how maybe how quickly are you seeing clients moving toward the public cloud platforms? Mm-hmm. In many parts of the world, we're still seeing many clients still wanting to implement private clouds or on-premise implementations, mm-hmm. especially for mission-critical applications. What are, what are you seeing in terms of companies embracing the public clouds like mm-hmm. AWS and Azure and others? Yeah, I think the,
1: the big enterprises also in Germany for them it's now decided they go to the cloud mm. whatever they can do they move their infrastructure to the cloud so yeah uh, because it's uh, more cost-effective in the end and it's not core business as I said yeah yeah so and and all other smaller companies they already follow
0: or they will follow yeah. yes yeah so interesting well that's mm-hmm. good I, I agree with you and I'd like mm-hmm. to see that continue to move even faster
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, the name of this uh, blog is, or this podcast and video series is called The Real Time Enterprise. Uh, Are you seeing or feeling that companies are starting to embrace more business models that require real time uh, technology? Well, um, of course, in many
1: enterprises, uh, you have planning. So, but of course you can do some real time in planning as well involve people to contribute to the planning that could mm-hmm. be an example of real time it's not hard real time it's uh, something which should be as instant as possible yeah and from my opinion that sh- includes um, that you uh, that's a very important aspect that you involve people in real time and whatever you do in your company because it makes processes faster and this is something which is now very easy because everybody has a mobile phone. So you can contribute to a business process in real-time as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot, real-time is a lot about communication between people. Uh, Of course, Mm -hmm. you have real-time data from machines and from systems, from interfaces, but um, the the most real-time aspect is involve people, lets people collaborate. And what you could imagine is maybe a system for Uh, real-time decision-making so if if you need to make a decision in your company and you would have some software some system which could support you in this maybe some decisions just go quicker in your company yeah which helps a business
0: as such Yeah, absolutely. The topic of planning was obviously uh, discussed a lot at the supply chain conference we were at and supply chain and logistics used to be all about having the best plans, the most well-organized plans. But of course the best plan in the world immediately starts to change in the real world. And so once you're in the real world and the truck breaks down or the goods spoil or whatever, then all of a sudden the best laid plans uh, don't work and you need to begin to respond in real time. If you can, yes, if you can. So sometimes
1: you can repair your supply chain uh, or or maybe you need to change the plan. So it depends what possibilities do you have. But uh, for many, many participants in supply chains, uh, this was also in Dusseldorf, it's very important to have insight. So you want to know even in real time, Um, what is happening and very important you want to know the arrival time so it's uh, logistics it's all about estimated arrival time of arrival ETA Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um, uh, and that requires a lot of real time information yeah I mean you if you receive uh, a a packet at home a package yeah um, you want to know when you have to be at home Mm -hmm. and you don't want to have a time span of seven hours and uh, they uh, you have to be there all the time, mm-hmm. so
0: yeah, it's an important topic. Yes, well, and that's right. And it's mm-hmm. it's about having that insight and then being able to take an action, you know, while while it's while it's happening. So you know, Mike Tyson, famous boxer, used to say, "Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face." Yes, and then they have the real time data of uh, of being punched, and then of course they need to be able to take an action based on that that real time data. Yes. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Very cool, very y- cool. You,
1: can't, you only can take action if you, um, of course, if you can get, give feedback in real time yeah. and if somebody else can work with this
0: feedback. So it's about collaboration real mm-hmm. time, very much. Yes. And do you think businesses are understanding the possibilities of this new kind of real time insight and real time action? Where are they mm-hmm. in, in terms of being able to understand the new, uh, the new things they could do? Um, it depends very much so
1: if you have a very much real time oriented business like operating maybe uh, trains or some Mm. traffic systems that's inherently very real time Mm. everybody knows you want to uh, you want to know when the train is leaving will it be in time this is inherently real time but It depends very much on the company in supply chain as we said people would tell you maybe it's most about planning but in the end you have to deliver in time you have to produce in time so uh, i think um, at least it opens new possibilities to be able to build real-time systems today with new technologies and people start thinking what they
0: could do with it yeah so absolutely changes yeah yeah very interesting insight so getting close to wrapping it up one of the favorite parts of my conversations with guests is to ask them uh if there's an area of conventional wisdom that they generally disagree with where everybody is thinking x but maybe you think y is there an area uh, like that for you Mm, well i'm in it for 20 years more than
1: 20 years so it's Uh, people tend to say everything has to go fast. So, but of course you have to think what you do and then act fast. Hmm. So I think people should not mix that when they talk about agility or hyper agility. So you have to uh, really think what, what helps your business. But if you have decided, move on very fast. And that's what technology allows you to do. But agility does not mean do anything without having thought through it Hmm. so you should prepare well and then act quickly Hmm. and I think many people uh, do not understand that agility is not only about speed in itself
0: it uh, must be for something which gives you value in the longer term Hmm. yes well that's uh, that's actually great uh, Mm -hmm bucking of conventional wisdom and also great advice, mm-hmm. I think, for, for business leaders and others that are looking to help drive their digital transformation, so yeah. thank you for that. Well, uh, Johannes, that, I think that wraps it up. That, so thank you so much for joining us today. It was a real pleasure thank to you. talk to you. Yes. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Those interested in learning more about Johannes' work at Parks IT should check out his website at parks, that's P-A-R-C-S dot D-E. And you can reach out to me anytime at realtimeadvantic.com. If you would like to subscribe to the podcast version of The Real-Time Enterprise, search for The Real-Time Enterprise on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you are already listening to the podcast version of The Real-Time Enterprise, please leave a rating or comment and let us know how you are enjoying the show.